When I have recruited for the job that I'm working at now, that's my first question to somebody. It's like, hey, I didn't see your GitHub on your application. Do you mind sharing it with me so I can see what you've worked on? Especially for a more like a senior analyst, data scientist, like any one of those more technical roles where you are going to be coding every day, it's necessary to be able to showcase those skills. Welcome back to the Data Dogs podcast. I'm Lee Britton with my co-host Jake Mosley and Emily Nicholas. Today we are talking about tools students can use within the program to get a head start in your career search and also once you get into your career. Emily will lead the conversation on UGA-wide career services tools, and we also have Nate Kelly joining us who is now an MSBA alum. He's back on this episode. He's going to walk us through what GitHub is, how students can learn what it is, utilize it, and how to get the most out of it. Um, Nate was also featured in our season two, episode four, where he shared his insights as being a current student during the pandemic, um, during the spring semester. And we brought him back today to talk about the GitHub. So, Nate, thanks for joining us today. No worries. Happy to be back. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So we're, we're just going to jump right in. Um, Emily and, and Jake are joining me too, but um, we want to hear how things have been going with you since graduation and the spring semester ending. So I know that a lot of people right now um, are struggling with the job search um, with everything that's going on with COVID. Um, I'm very fortunate to be one of the people who was employed. So I have been working nonstop. It, uh, you know, my wake up early, work all day, go to sleep at night. It has, it has very much been like it was in the MSBA program. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that my schedule is, it's pretty, it's pretty much the same. Uh, just my, my materials for learning and working have changed. Are you working remote or are you in an office or what is it pretty much what it's like since spring semester? So I actually uh, get to work out of my bedroom, Um, (laughs) so that is my office, and I've been working remotely for the same company uh, since about middle of 2018, Um, so a little over two years now. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's actually, you know, it's a pretty sweet deal for me. Yeah, yeah, and you used to get to stay in the same area you want to be in. That's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. I get to, I get to move around, do whatever I can. I, that was one of the, um, you know, things that allowed me to move down to Athens for this MSBA program, uh, was knowing that I had a remote job that I could continue to do while I was in school. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, so Nate, you led a um, session right after graduation about GitHub and, um, quite a few MSBAs, joined in on that session. Can you talk a little bit about what GitHub is? Yeah, of course. So uh, GitHub itself is really the wrapper to the thing that matters most, which is called Git. And Git is uh, version control. And what that means is that you are sitting, you know, as I am in your bedroom working on 
a project, building a model, or writing code to accomplish some task at work. And you have coworkers who are sitting all over the country or even sitting on the other side of town from you who are working on that same project. And you both need to have your code integrated so that, you know, let's say I'm working on an app that's going to collect a bunch of data, analyze it, and then build a little report um, for everybody to look at in Excel. Um, Now, I, with my wonderful Python skills, build the section of the app that scrapes all the data from the web. And then my friend across town builds the portion of the app that writes it to Excel. And then somebody over in California is writing the portion that's analyzing the data. Mm. So what we need is some way um, where that code can be shared and integrated And that is what Git will do for us. We have all these branches on this tree that is our project. Hmm. And uh, Git is, you know, the trunk of the tree that keeps it all together. So it's kind of like a community or a forum that you can go to and share a problem and then anybody can work on it? Or is it a team that can go into this community and, and kind of internally work on it? It depends on what your use case is. Okay. Uh, so what I was talking about was probably more of like a project that's private within a company, okay. um, which is very common. Lots of big companies uh, use GitHub to okay. manage all of their code. And um, it, what you're mentioning there is open source, which is really the, like the true beauty of using GitHub is you can have a project that's public and anybody can um, go in there, look at your work, Uh, send you messages on it, make changes on their own machine by downloading your work and pushing their changes up to your repository. Um, And then you, as the owner of the repository, have the power to integrate their changes or look at them, make your own changes, or completely ignore them, whatever you want to do. And what we did in the workshop that I led was um, I essentially just pushed up an empty folder and then I asked everyone to write a little file with their name on it and uh, do something called a pull request um, which is where you ask the owner of the repository me in this case uh, to integrate your changes so if you go and you look at that workshop there's actually a folder in there I think it's called like submissions or something generic Um, and everybody who made it through the workshop was actually you should see like their name and then like a file that says like hello world or test or whatever. Cool. Um, And then it just, it scales from there. So you, you know, you push up a file that's your name with a little sentence in it. And then, you know, the next step is just integrating your code into a project that all just scales. That's awesome. So you can create a private portion in GitHub so your company can work on something together and then you can also have a public section of it where you can upload and 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 communicate with others out in in that same field. Correct. So every project that you're working on in GitHub is called a repository. Okay. Um so the way that it's usually divided up um is your company or your team Uh, will have their own, um, they'll have like a whole folder of repositories. And, you know, whoever is the the leader is going to give everybody the appropriate access. Um, So you'll have a 
one folder where you go and you see like, oh, I'm working on this dashboard and like this model and all these other little projects. Um, and then you on your own can create um, public repositories or private repositories just for yourself um, where you can have completely separate things going on. So a really good thing to do for somebody who doesn't have uh, a GitHub repo yet or who has like just made one and doesn't have any real like substance to it um, is to you know find a project somewhere like Kaggle or just Google around and find some project ideas. All you really need is a data set and a target that you want to you know like some target question you want to solve with that data and you know write your code, push it up, and you know <laughs> maybe you'll get lucky and somebody out there will say like here's what you could do better. Um, or you could, you know, go out there and you know source, try and get insight from your uh, your own social network by um, putting your GitHub onto LinkedIn and asking people hmm. for their feedback. Mm. Okay, that's interesting, Nate. I'm curious. In order for someone to be able to do the things that you just talked about, namely, I mean, identify a data set and have a target question. You know, that feels fairly accessible. I'm curious what type of skills after that would you need in order to do something with that? I mean, obviously we could do, you know, some simple analyses in Excel, but would GitHub really be the place for that? Or are there kind of other skills that you need to have at a basic level in order to use GitHub as a repository effectively? So the thing that I would recommend it as is a place um, to really showcase coding skills um, for the MSBA program. That's R, Python, um, which are both very widely used and shared on GitHub. I think there are actually community statistics uh, that you can go and find on GitHub where it'll show you how many repositories use like Java, R, Python, any language that's pushed up there. But that would be what I recommend using, and you really don't need to have much more than an entry-level amount of knowledge. If you have played with Python for five or ten minutes and you've been introduced to something called Pandas, it's essentially the same thing as Excel. You're just looking at all your data laid out in columns and rows, and you have functions that you can use to manipulate it. Um, you can use SQL-like statements. You can group your data by a column and figure out some aggregate information. So I would recommend as soon as you have that like very entry-level knowledge, and especially when you have the knowledge of like here's the appropriate model to build, and here's how I built it, and the insights that I got from it. You know, even if you're like just starting, like you have linear regression down, go do it. Like either write your own code to implement it or use one of the million libraries out there that will implement it for you and show what kind of insights you can drive from data. It doesn't matter what the data set is. Well, that leads me to a question that, that I had, Nate, is how much of it, it sounds like it's also like a, a learning tool, but also a showcasing tool. Um, is this also a place for you to showcase your skills, um, Am I right in that? And if so, are employers looking at applicants, GitHubs? Perfect. Um, that is that is the the question, Jake. Uh, yes, it is a showcasing tool. If you are in uh, the MSBA program, if you're about to be in the MSBA program, if you were just in the MSBA program, 
and you are looking for a job, GitHub is where you can put everything so that a recruiter or that a senior manager can go and look, see how you work through a problem, see how you code, see how much you know and where your gaps are. Um, that's just, it's a really holistic view. When I have recruited for um, the job that I'm working at now, I, that's my first question to somebody. It's like, hey, I didn't see your GitHub on your application. Do you mind sharing it with me so I can see what you've worked on? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it's very, especially for a more like a senior analyst, data scientist, like any one of those more technical roles where you are going to be coding every day, um, it's necessary to be able to showcase those skills. Mm-hmm. And if I can add something to that, Nate, it, it it really resonates from with what I'm hearing from employers. I think as they're looking to hire more data analysts and data scientists, I hear from a lot of them that they're trying to implement some sort of um, assessment or some sort of way that they can figure out, okay, does this person have the skills to use Python or use R beyond what they've just put in their resume? And I think those tools are still in development. The assessments still aren't, um, I think, where the companies would want them to be. And so GitHub, I think, is an even better way to say, okay, you don't have to rely on this kind of one-shot assessment, but look at the breadth of work that I've done, and that's really going to be able to show an employer what you can do, the way that you solve problems, the way the things that you mentioned. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a perfect point. Off of that, the only thing that I would encourage is parsimony. Um, if you have five projects that are looking at different data sets, great. But if you're using the same tools and methods to solve those problems, maybe not so great. Remember not to just look at different data sets. Remember to use different tools and showcase different ways that you can solve problems. You know, that doesn't just mean like take every single algorithm that there is on a library like Scikit-Learn or SciPy and show that you can use every single one of those because there's a lot of overlap. Um, like there's a really big field of algorithms uh, called classification, which is just where you're trying to predict if something will happen or it won't. And you, know, you have 20 different algorithms you can use to solve a classification problem. If you use something like logistic regression, which is you know a regression type algorithm to solve a binary type problem, there are very specific skills and insights that you can show that you can get with that. If you use a random forest algorithm, that's a tree algorithm. It has a different set of insights. It has a different set of assumptions that you need to run it. If you show that you can do that, don't also showcase your skills with five different tree algorithms. You know, if you're going to use a bunch of algorithms, instead showcase that you can do something like build a pipeline that will test a bunch of algorithms for you, that gives a lot more value, not just to yourself and your future ability to code, um, but to whoever's looking at you as a potential hire. Hmm. I wrote a lot of words down to look up on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could, I could explain them all, but I'm sure that's a different podcast. No, because yeah, yeah, this our user group is super tracking with you, and that's what matters to me. I'm here to not smile and write down notes. 
And I, I'm nodding and smiling at Emily writing down notes. So, yeah. I'm actively on my phone looking at words. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, in all seriousness, so this is the kind of technical stuff our students need. Uh, hopefully it's it's timely as well, to Nate's point. These are things that they can get familiar with if they're not already um, as they prepare for the program. Because it sounds like this is a big piece of, uh, there could be a big piece of the recruiting tool as well. So, um, and, you know, sorry to stress things that I always say, but when fall starts, you're going to have less time for things like this. Oh, so yeah. if you have bandwidth in the summer, even if it's just to get familiar with GitHub so that you can, once you're gaining these skills in the classroom, you know exactly how to go and sort of showcase them and where to showcase them, that's still a huge step forward as you enter the program in the fall. So, yeah, and, and don't, so don't worry too much about learning every algorithm before you go into the program because you, you'll learn them. You'll, you'll learn how to do all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, I guess in essence, that's what the program's for, right? We're sort of leading up. We're, we're leading you into the MSBA. And so, and, but we want to make you aware of all the, all the, I think part of our job as a program is to provide opportunities for students to plug in, engage, um, and showcase what they're learning. Absolutely. There's a there's a phrase one of my bosses uses a lot. Um, let's put it on the back burner. Um, so for this for GitHub, you know, make an account. Do that. Do that right now. It'll take you three seconds. Um, use your UGA email so that you can get student discounts. Whatever. Do that for everything. But for these projects, if you don't think that you're familiar enough with linear regression to take a data set and show a whole bunch of insights with it, put it on the back burner. Once you've learned that from econometrics, though, take that off the back burner and don't let all of those things pile up. Just do them when you can. And remember that they're there. Don't forget about them. Hmm. Does it help you organize it, too? Like, you know, as you upload data sets and projects and that kind of thing, like, you know, you're talking about uploading it in real time so you don't forget. But does it also help organize what you are doing so that, you know, in the very beginning when you are uploading data sets and projects, you can go back, you know, two months from, you know, when you uploaded it and and see, oh, you know, I, I see what I did wrong there, or this is how I can better improve this. Is it kind of a little bit of a profile for you, in a sense? Yeah, without a doubt, it's it makes it very easy to track your personal hmm. evolution and for other people to see it with you. Um, a big thing that I have been guilty of in the past that I stopped doing, um, don't delete something just because you can do it better Hmm, okay do it better showcase that Hmm. showcase that you've learned and that you can do it better um it also just it helps you track just in terms of organization because once you have a repository you have a markdown file that lives inside every repository and you can use that as like a little wish list for Hmm. parts of the project that you want to do and you can have you know, here's a list of what's completed. Here's a list of what I want to complete. Um, that was really helpful for me. Um, when over winter break, I was developing a series of just notebooks on here's how to do some machine learning stuff with Python. Um, because I would just have an idea like, oh, I could do this. And then I'll just write it down in the file. 
and it's just in like a list of future things to do. So when I open my next notebook, I have list of future things to do. Mm-hmm. Easy. I'll do that one. Just start taking it off the list. Okay. That's good advice, though, not to delete, because that's, that would be my inclination is like, oh, gosh, I did this in the very beginning. That looks horrible. I'm going to delete it because I did it better. So, But that's good to know, you know, that you have learned and you can show the progression there. Awesome. Yeah, I have to say this feels incredibly valuable. Like as for I also feel like we'll be putting a pin in this episode and, you know, circling back to it um, for our students in the fall. Like, you know, like like you say, the the back burner, you know, once you gain these skills, plug them into GitHub. But we've got a great conversation here that people can reference. So, yeah. And when you did your workshop with the um, most recent class. I had to go back a few times and start all over again because it's like with the again with the verbiage I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, we got to put this together because uh, you know it's one thing to see it visually, but if you're not familiar with it, then you know and having a, a rundown of what it actually is, I'm you know is is incredible. It's awesome. Hmm. Nate, I have one last question, which is a little goofy, but I'm curious um, if you've made any friends on GitHub, not like ad friend, but like somebody who you look at their projects and you help them and they look at projects and they help you, but like they're, they're like your GitHub internet friend. Is that a thing? Sorry. Um, uh, no. <laughs> Dang it. Okay. I, I, so, so, um, I'm sure there are people who do. Um, there, there are a lot of really nice packages out there where you, you can like Google them and you're like, Oh, this is like the cutting edge machine learning algorithm for this. A really popular one right now is called light GBM. Um, okay. So if you Google Light GBM, it's a really good model for the, any any kind of problem that you have. That's just like a basic machine learning problem with a simple target, um, and it's faster and it's better. Um, and I'm sure that people have messaged those guys because they're like a couple brilliant PhDs who came up with this like mm-hmm. a, you know, revolutionary model um, where other places like you know the the big one is Scikit-Learn. They built a model afterwards that was based on that. Um, I'm sure they're talking with each other, huh. but personally, no. Um, even if I really, really like uh, somebody's like package that they've made, and I'm following it, and I'm pulling updates every time I see them come out, um, uh-huh. eh, not probably not messaging them though. Maybe Fair I enough. on LinkedIn. <laughs> there you go. Got it. Yeah, there you See, go. here's the yeah. dip. It's like, no matter yeah. what, no matter if it's online, but I'm like just f- trying to find friends personally. That's just my aim. So, of course, I'll I'll create this GitHub. But I do like to know there's GitHub celebrities is what I'm going to name the people you just described. So, yeah. good for me. I, to I love how... Sure I love how... Emily's personality always comes out in this, like in sort of the most technical thing we've discussed on this spot. How can I meet people through? Like that's so, like, how can I make friends? Yep. That's awesome. Oh, the more you know, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nate, is there anything, any other advice or tools that um, you want to add about GitHub? Um. 
You know, I I think that the you know the most helpful thing um, for me when I was new to GitHub wasn't actually anything technical. Um, it was finding cheat sheets for Markdown. It's not Word. Uh, you're just typing things in, and you have a whole bunch of symbols that do a bunch of different things. Um, like if you're going to make a word bold, you surround it with double asterisks. Um, if you have a question about anything Markdown or anything GitHub, there are a million cheat sheets online. Um, so I would recommend looking up cheat sheets for Markdown um, and for GitHub and just having those in your back pocket or in your bookmarks bar. That's where I keep them. And just know that anytime you run into a problem or like an error gets thrown at you, if it's in your terminal, if it's in your like Jupyter notebook, you can Google it and it's all good. Like, just don't stress about any of this stuff. Uh, if you run into a problem somebody else has, that's why there's an error statement. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah, thank you so much, Nate. This has been great. Yeah, thanks for no sharing worries. all your your information with GitHub and, and everything else that you shared with this class earlier in the semester. Anytime. Awesome. All right, now we're going to shift gears to career services um, tools. Emily, you want to share what UGA has to offer on that front? Yes, I'd love to. So before the students get on campus, fingers crossed, and we get to talk to them and uh, kind of do one-on-one sessions with them, have career class with them, uh, I did want to talk for a moment about the resources that the University of Georgia broadly through their career center offers our students. Um, we have a great grad assistant named Nikki, and she helped um, kind of uh, filter through all of the resources because there are honestly so many. And she helped me decide the top three that she found were useful during her time in school and specifically her time in searching for a job. So the first of the three is called Big Interview. This is similar to Interview Stream and other um, resources. It basically is a it's a video tool where you can practice interviewing. Some people also call it their worst nightmare because I don't know if you've ever watched back yourself speaking or talking, but it's awful. I experience it every time I review this podcast. It's like, ooh, yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> um, but it's a great, you know, this this big interview tool. There'll be kind of a robot person asking you questions, and then you have a set amount of time to respond to the questions. And, um, and you can do maybe five or six at a time. And it's really just like a mock interview. So before we can get on campus and, and you can start doing those with Andrew and Paul, this is a great way to have self-awareness, especially in a time where Zoom interviewing will be the norm. So not only yeah. getting used to um, kind of practicing answering interview questions, but being aware of your body language on a screen and like me, how many times your hands are moving across the screen. Those sorts of things are just good to be self-aware about, even if they're not very fun hmm. to be self-aware I about. I was going to, definitely not fun, but but please stretch yourself. Because, I mean, prior to COVID, I mean, more and more employers were using virtual interviews, at least for first round, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I, I can only imagine how that that sort of is going to skyrocket and then when you you know later rounds it would be in person or 
most likely going to be in Zoom for the foreseeable future. So mm-hmm. get comfortable on camera. And so that yeah. seems like a great tool. Yes. Yes. And it also just helps have awareness about your background, all those sorts of things. So yeah, Jake, you're exactly right. It's already popular in first rounds and now it's a necessity throughout the interview process. The second tool of three is LinkedIn Learning or what was previously called lynda.com. This system is obviously through LinkedIn, which we're familiar with, and it's just free access to a bunch of learning opportunities. So on LinkedIn Learning, you can learn everything from Zoom etiquette to Python tutorials, which would be really relevant, to playing the guitar. Literally everything and anything is available on LinkedIn Learning. And uh, you have professionals, specialists in these particular areas, and they're breaking down lessons usually to only about an hour and a half. Um, And you can take as long or as short of a time as you want to complete them. It's a stop and start process. And if you haven't already logged in with your UGA account, we have free access to every single learning opportunity. So, you know, maybe you want to like make a souffle, that'll be a little less applicable, or you can dive into some SQL or dive into some R, uh, relevant or not. It's a really great tool and one that I would encourage everyone to utilize while they have that UGA email address. The last and final resource is Glassdoor. Um, This is a great site to give students the inside scoop about companies. So, you know, we all know what companies look like on their websites. It's perfect. It's everyone wants to work here, et cetera, et cetera. And all that is nice and good. But Glassdoor will give you information about salaries that you can anticipate at that particular jobs, um, interview insights, employee reviews, and more. So if you're someone right now who's thinking, okay, I want to be a data analyst or a data scientist, but I don't know what type of company I want to work for. Now is a great time to be looking at companies and getting down a list of 10 or 20 that are interesting to you. I know on the career services side, that helps us so much to know target companies that you're interested in. And so the more work you can do now to kind of build that wish list and vet the companies with a tool like Glassdoor, the better you're going to be set up beginning in the fall. Right. These are all great tools, Emily. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. Does um, UGA Career Services, do they have um, links that we can share in the show notes that we can direct the students to? Yes, awesome. absolutely. That's great, Lee. Cool. Thanks. All right. Well, Sweet. And I'll just jump in and, and offer a point of clarification, too, is that, you know, MSBA students have access first and foremost to Emily and our wonderful career center team. So you're, you're going to have the career management center. You're going to have I think you guys have five folks now. So highly customized service right there. These are tools that are offered university wide as well. And they've to Emily's point, they've been vetted by a current MBA student. So what we try to do is leverage opportunities everywhere we can. So um, I, I just we're man, I'm excited to hear this podcast. Uh, I know I'm a, a homer and all that stuff, but I feel like we are doing a really good job of providing incoming MSBA students with some tools to prepare them to really rock it from day one. So. Thanks for joining us, Nate um, and Emily. Thank you for for those resources, and and thanks to um, Nikki for um, for sourcing those for us as well. Yeah, so. definitely.
All right. Well, are we ready to jump into our summer cooler? Yes. Cool. Okay. Um, Nate's going to join us on this summer cooler too. So we share what is helping us in our new rhythm um, and um, helping us through this pandemic that we're still going through and and still being remote. So Nate, do you want to start off with sending your summer cooler? Sure. Um, so camping. Yeah. <laughs> huh? um, I, nice. I, I hope it's not too lame, but uh, just I, my partner and I have been taking a bunch of weekend camping trips. Um, so next up is uh, Table Rock State State Park, um, and recently we've you know gone gone camping um, all along like the Savannah River. Um, mm. So, yeah, oh, a, cool! There's a, there's a whole bunch of natural beauty out here, and I've been really appreciating it. Awesome. Well, if you don't mind a follow-up question there, because um, you're still in Athens, so um, for folks coming to Athens, what would you that may want to camp or hike? What do you think is a good first start? Is there is there a specific place that you think is just a, a great introduction? Yeah, I would say if you can find a place that's up by um, Asheville, somewhere along the Blue Ridge Parkway, um, or somewhere up by, like, you know, if you can get up into Tennessee, um, up in like Great Smoky National Forest, that that would be my pick. Like all my all my really favorite hikes are up in the Smokies cool and and that's not like that's a four hours maybe give or take from athens would that be accurate is it more yeah it's okay it's like three hours four hours and it's beautiful driving too so it's definitely worth it Awesome. awesome thanks for sharing nate emily what's in your summer cooler yeah okay so one silly is watermelon specifically i bought a tool um have you ever seen one of those um it's like a circle small circle about the size of a cd rom um can't believe i just referenced a cd and you can like cut an apple you know it has like a as a circle for the core and then you just push down this thing and there's a bunch of slices I'm realizing now I'm getting to the minutia. What's important is that there's this thing and it cuts a watermelon very easily and I'm all about some watermelon. So happy summer watermelon. Number two, um, because I work with the MSBA students and specifically on their capstone projects, I'm really trying to level up my understanding of the tools that Nate's talking about. So Um, there's a lot of words that he said that I didn't know, but there are some that I'm learning. So there's two things that I'm doing. One, um, I'm about halfway through a SQL, um, learning thing on LinkedIn learning. So I'm learning a little bit of SQL, which is exciting. And then the second thing that I'm doing is I found a podcast called data framed and it, um, it's just all about data science and data analytics. And so it's been interesting for me to, yeah, just hear um, leaders in the data science space talk about what they're doing, everything from, I was listening to one this morning about 
um, like what data scientists should be prepared for in their first job, which was super relevant for us. And then they're also talking about how um, how companies can uh, encourage diversity inclusion in data science spaces. And so that's just been a really good tool for me to both kind of know a little bit more about what I'm talking about, to be able to, you know, connect with our students and to learn a little bit about what employers are looking for on the data science side. I'll jump in real quick because speaking of, of learning and doing a little bit of research, uh, one thing that's in my cooler is is I feel motivated to to read up and learn how to be a better ally for um, you know the LGBTQ community, community um, um, African Americans, our, our black friends, like every. Um, with everything that is going on, I, I feel a calling to ensure that I can be the best ally that I can be. So I'm, you know, I'm looking at sort um, resources to learn more about what it is to truly be an ally and and to help and be a part of those conversations. So I'm looking at books and podcasts and things like that. So for me, that that's kind of what's in my cooler this week. Yeah. And Jake, I'm, I'm really bringing everything full circle today to talk more about kind of university-wide resources. The Department of Psychology has a really interesting and I think helpful guide on their website um, about, um, yeah, just how do you, exactly what you said, how to be a better ally, some mental health resources, and how we can learn how to be, um, yeah, our, our best selves amidst the current situation and um and what I like about this one in particular is that everything they suggest is based on research and they have um, the, you know, the citation of where they find or where they found their recommendations from. And so if anyone like you is searching for and like me searching for yeah places and spaces to get started, that's a great place to do so. That's fantastic because that's exactly what, what I'm sort of pursuing right now. So thank you, and it's and it's UGA, yeah. So awesome, mm-hmm. thanks, Emily. Um, yeah, so I'll I'll piggyback on both what Nate said and what you guys are doing. I took a um, leadership training course that um, UGA T and D did, or training and development did earlier this week, and it was based around strategic thinking. So um, you know, I was just curious, just on the topic itself. So um, hopefully I gained some tools that um, help me think outside the box a little bit more when it comes to projects and ideas and, um, and how we can grow our um, department even more. So it was helpful for sure. And I'm glad I took it. Um, So that's on my learning toolkit or summer cooler. And then uh, Nate, I, uh, for Father's Day, I got my husband a tent. So I'm hoping that we will, it will encourage us to get outside a little bit more. My husband used to go camping, but um, we haven't done it with Emma for several reasons, uh, my four-year-old. So um, I think we're going to try and do a little bit of um, day trips and maybe a night trip with her. Um, yeah, hey, if the weather is still it is the way it is, we could. Yeah, I started soon, to put but, the current uh, weather in my cool because it's it's been cool and breezy. Yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, so. it has. But then you know, if this if next I, week, I it think I missed my chance. Again, my so one chance this summer. Can't make up its <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's let's stay outside. I, I agree with Nate. Let's, yeah, let's absolutely. stay outside. This mm-hmm. Awesome, y'all. Once again, this has been a lot of fun. And Nate, thank you for hanging with us. 
Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah. You're going to be like our, our <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> we keep having you on our podcast. Just so. keep bringing yes. I love it, though. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thanks everyone again for um, listening in on this podcast and we can't wait to share it with you guys and tune in next time. Bye everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Data Dogs podcast. For more information about the MSBA program at the University of Georgia, find us at www.georgiaanalytics.com and on our social media platforms, Georgia Analytics.